0: Welcome to The Dreaming. I'm Joe Fulgham.
1: I'm Sasha Smolders. This is The Sandman, Issue 27, Season of Mists, Chapter 6.
0: In which the vexing question of the sovereignty of hell is finally settled to the satisfaction of some, the finer points of hospitality, and in which it is demonstrated that while some may fall, others are pushed. Ah, love it! This cover. The cover is so nice, right? Okay, so the only notes I have on it is photography, collage, and acrylic. Mm-hmm. But yeah, the the angel, the scuffing. Uh, we, this is definitely the angel going. No,
1: what? I don't want to. Also, it looks like the angel's not floating anymore, but it's yeah. come down to the ground. Yeah,
0: I think so. I think. Right, if not, it's very close to the ground. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think you're right. I think it's on the ground. Yeah, lovely, lovely image. Great cover. I really like everything. The distressing, the distressed border is interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. The pose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the bits of color in the wing. Yeah, the kind the of wings.
1: undefined wing like it almost looks like it's a overexposure that created wings, mm-hmm. you know?
0: Mm-hmm. Or flames or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. I love it. Well, let's get to the inside. And we again Start with a house. We do. Dream's castle, again, across the lake.
1: Clericon bursts in on his sister. Yeah. And then he overshares about his booty call. <laughs>
0: yes. We're learning about Clericon here.
1: Yep. And really, her main response is just that this is super rude.
0: Yeah. He does admit to being gloriously drunk. So uh, yeah. So he's really drunk when he does this. Yeah. Really drunk and apparently in the afterglow of some good sex.
1: Sure. It's still rude. Burst into her room and just oh. tell her about it. Oh, absolutely. I'm not saying these are excuses. These are reasons. Hmm. And so his sister asks him, do you think uh, we're going to get what we want? And the ferryman is like, nope, I'm pretty sure all I got out of this was some wine and some sex.
0: Yeah. The person he slept with is a young male. I'll say. I don't know if he's a boy. Exactly, but he's with the Egyptian delegation, a temple priest or a dead king or something. His name is Seneferu. It's another name for Sneferu, which is also read as Snefru or Snofru. They were the founder of the fourth dynasty under the old kingdom in Egypt. He built at least three pyramids that survive to this day and introduced major innovations in the, in the design and construction of pyramids in ancient Egypt. Uh, the great pyramid itself was actually built by his son Khufu who is also oh. known as Cheops you might have heard of Cheops
1: I don't think he's a kid I just think that people were smaller back in the old Egyptian days because yeah. they didn't have all the same nutrition and stuff and uh and fairies aren't people so they're <laughs> they can be tall
0: yeah I think clerkhan's quite quite tall isn't he yeah he's yeah. tall
1: Yeah. nuala when she wakes up she she has a little flower for breakfast mm-hmm and then as she heads to the main hall, she gets to overhear over the next few pages a bunch of different people mm-hmm. talking about, you know, their bid and whether or not they think they'll get hell.
0: Yeah. Bast admits that she doesn't know exactly where Dream's brother is. Mm-hmm. She doesn't know exactly. But she has some certain facts. And they're like, well, we hope that's going to be enough. <laughs>
1: So even if they had decided to give hell to the two of them, then Dream might have been very unhappy with the actual information she had to give.
0: Yeah, he probably would not have taken that news very well. He would like, you lied to me. You misrepresented your offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, awful. And then the next two are people we actually haven't heard from before, and I can't even identify them. One is, we've said it's Dumbledore.
1: Yeah, it's definitely Dumbledore. It
0: it could also be Merlin, or just unnamed magic
1: guy. Gandalf came out, and he got a fruitier outfit. The faceless character
0: looks so familiar to me. And I I don't mean just, he he absolutely looks like Marvel's character, Uatu the Watcher. Mm -hmm. So Marvel has a character called Uatu the Watcher, and he basically lives on the moon, And he's like a celestially powered entity who looks kind of like this, but has a huge head and actually has a face on his face, but is bald, but has the same uh, blue. He actually has a, a necklace around his neck rather than that, but the colors are the same. The shape is kind of the same. It very much looks like him. And Uatu, his job is he just watches. He says, I am the watcher. I watch. And he was the host of a bunch of comics called What If? And he would intro them by going... Ah, you know Conan the Barbarian, but what if he came to the modern world? And then you would read the comic of, what if Conan came to the modern Marvel world? Hmm. And it, it's actually a pretty decent comic. I think it's hmm. been done two or three times. And that was Uatu the Watcher, who looks a lot like this character, but I I can't find him. I've tried to look it up. I think he's actually a very minor character from some story that I've read somewhere, and I just can't name him, but I don't know.
1: See, it, I think he's kind of like... uh. Doctor Strange, which I recognize as Marvel, mm-hmm. uh, meets Vin Diesel because he's, totally he's got him. the big cloak with the super high collar, but he's chosen to go sleeveless so mm-hmm. he can show off his guns. <laughs> That's right. He
0: tore off the arms of his, what is that, a, a cloak?
1: Yeah. I've just never seen a short sleeve cloak before. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
0: I'll wear this to keep me warm, but not my arms.
1: Urgh. Gotta show the guns off. That's why I work out six hours a day. Which is
0: what makes me think that it's a comic book character of some mm-hmm. type. Or could be Watu and just let's erase his face and make his head smaller. I'm not sure. Which would which would kind of be a fun little like in joke appearance, actually, because he's exactly the type of character that would show up to this kind of thing.
1: Okay. But he would
0: only show up to watch. He would not say, I'm the watcher and I want hell. He would say, I'm the
1: Watcher, and I'm here to observe what's going to happen here with hell, because hmm. that's what he does. Big, muscly arms like that. I don't think he does a lot of observing.
0: They do note that they're surprised that the Greek gods aren't there. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this time, Wonder, in the Wonder Woman comics, Wonder Woman had said that they had forsaken this plane for another unknown destination. Oh, neat. So they have just uh, bugged off somewhere. They're
1: on vacation. Yeah. Our Asgardian bunch are discussing whether or not they're going to be able to to get what they want. <laughs> and Thor has a huge hangover. Yeah, he's got a storm cloud and everything. Right. He
0: mentions he should have disguised himself, swindled the hell of Lucifer from Dream as he swindled Kvazir's blood from the dwarves. We mentioned mm-hmm. Kvazir before. He was the man that they made, and they made then they made the uh, mead of poetry from his blood.
1: Ooh, more yeah. blood mead. Um. Loki takes a moment to hit on our uh, our fairy girl. Yeah. And Thor just chokes him out because of it. He's not supposed to talk to anybody.
0: Yeah. Yeah. He's in a really foul mood.
1: Why did they even bring him if he's not allowed to talk to anyone?
0: Well, he Odin wanted him to figure out how to trick Dream. Mm. But then he said, look, we're in the dreaming. You can't trick Dream here. Hmm. And so that didn't happen. Yeah, I'm not entirely sure why Loki's here. I, I think that's what it was. But then once he got here, Loki being very clever and knew about fooling was like, you can't, you won't be able to fool him.
1: Yeah, it's not
0: going to work. So don't, don't use me to do this. He, he was basically a, I'll pull this out if I need it character, I suppose, and also let Thor be super funny. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Thor calls him, calls Odin, Odin Veratir. Uh, Veratir is just a name for Odin, meaning Lord of Men ah yeah over on the next page is it just me or is loki not wearing pants
1: no pants with
0: the giant spread he doesn't need them or maybe he's wearing invisible pants because he's a trickster oh he's
1: wearing pants though in the other in the next page
0: yeah oops coloring Uh, so they they just colored it uh, the wrong color it should have been brown
1: yeah because
0: it was drawn a little you know thin and tight so the colorist put that in Odd that it's, uh we're looking at the new coloring here. Mm-hmm. And we do have, speaking of coloring, Neil Gaiman, the writer, Kelly Jones, penciler, Dick Giordano, inker, Daniel Vazo colorist, Todd Klein, letterer, Elisa Quitney, associate editor, and Karen Berger, the editor. hmm And we have everybody here. we see a bunch of people that we may have seen in the background before. There seems to be a, a First Nations representative there with the uh, chieftain's headdress. There's a snake person?
1: Snake-headed person? Sneeple snake people snake people sneeple yeah oh it's the representative of the of our uh lizard overlords our oh, reptilian overlords that's probably it mm-hmm. that's
0: right if you give us hell we will no longer take over the governments of earth and a representative of lords of chaos with her balloons shivering mm-hmm.
1: jimmy yeah she's got a big billowy cloak today
0: <laughs> yeah
1: there's a person in the back who has just center of the doorway in purple, who's got kind of a long skirt that's moving diagonally and this thing popping up on their head. And they kind of look like Fire Princess from Adventure Time.
0: Yeah, could be. Mm-hmm. Go back in time and put a minor animated character into a classic. Yeah. Yeah. That could be what happened.
1: I just, I think it's Flame Princess.
0: <laughs> so they're all waiting for Dream, and Bast says, mm, Well, where is he? <laughs> And he's still thinking.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's thinking and
0: chatting with Matthew. We find out he doesn't sleep.
1: Well, that's good, because what would he dream about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And Matthew's like, I didn't say you did. I just said that you looked like you hadn't slept a wink, mm-hmm. which is true. You haven't slept a wink. So therefore, he was right. He always looks like he hasn't slept a wink, actually.
1: Yeah, he tends to look very tired for someone named Dream. <laughs> yeah. Then uh, Remiel and Duma come to chat with him. There's a flip here that bugs me. That they've
0: got Dream talking to the left, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden he's talking to the right, but because they drew one of the angels over on his right, it looks like he turned around and is talking to a different one, but Mm -hmm. only one of them talks. This is a totally minor thing.
1: I think they just should have faced him in the same direction the entire time. They could have made the angels not look identical. That would have helped.
0: Well, they're supposed to be... I mean, I'm going to say this and it's going to expose what we think this is and how silly that is in our society. They're supposed to be kind of neutral and normal and just generic, which, of course, in our society means white guy. Mm. Right. But that's that's what it's supposed to be. And
1: I think really.
0: No, I'm not going to go in. in, Yeah, Yeah,
1: let's not talk at length about how Aryan is the default. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah. They have a message, but they don't know what it is and that yeah. comes through.
1: Yeah, he's uh, he's got god on the other line. Yes. He's got well, call waiting. In in
0: the DC universe he's called the Presence.
1: Well, in this one he's called the Creator.
0: Uh yeah, the Creator is another. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's got the Creator on call waiting. Yes. And the Creator basically doesn't think that hell should be allowed to be empty. It simply can't be empty. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. There must be a hell. There must be a place for the demons, a place for the damned. Hell is heaven's reflection. It is heaven's shadow. They define each other, reward and punishment, hope and despair. There must be a hell, for without hell, heaven has no meaning. And thus, hell must be... And then he gets real upset, because I think he's understanding what he's saying only a step ahead of him actually saying it. Mm Mm-hmm. And so uh, he's mad because, wait, there's no way that who would have to look after hell. Yeah. And he slowly realizes that it's going to be him. Yeah. And goes through this great five panel
0: change plus the one on the next page. He has this little soliloquy Mm -hmm. explaining that he's to take it. Uh, He and Dumas, they can never go back to the Silver City. They can never enter the presence which means see God up close, uh, and then rants about how wrong that is, mm-hmm. how it's not fair. And because it's not fair, he says that he will rebel like Lucifer and protest, which now means it's fair. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, God. Well, you just said, no, that makes it fair. So now... You don't have any reason to protest. The creator's a dick. Yes. There's no
1: other way he can respond to this.
0: I know, exactly. It's exactly right.
1: Whereas, now, what's really interesting to me is in the background of each of these panels, Duma is slowly drifting down Mm -hmm. until the last one, it appears he's standing next to Dream. So you, you have to assume his feet are touching the ground.
0: Yeah, he's coming down and you can't really tell if he's landing, but when you flip to the next page... His feet are on the ground, right in that little tiny inset panel.
1: We are too pure for our feet to ever touch the base clay. Why then should we be forced into the pit? (laughs) Whereas Duma has just kind of accepted it. And now he's like, well, I guess I'll put my feet on the ground.
0: Yeah, he's the angel of silence. He doesn't protest. He does what he's told.
1: He does cry silently. He's got tears dripping down his face on the next page here. Yeah. But he still takes the key to hell when it's offered to him.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Remiel then goes, well, I cannot allow my fellow to drink from the cup that I have refused. I will go with Duma. I will go to hell. This is all reminiscent of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane in Matthew 26 Mm -hmm. from the uh, Christian Bible, where Jesus asks his father, God, to please let this burden pass and calls it a cup as well, but of course can't. The the burden being that he has to die for everybody's (laughs) sins and get tortured on the cross and things like that. Remiel is going through exactly what Jesus did except he gets to a, an I will rebel point rather than okay, I guess I will if if you won't let this burden pass. I'll do it. That's what Jesus did. Mm. But Remiel did not.
1: But ultimately he can't leave his bro in a lurch. No. So he's going to go to hell.
0: <laughs> and then we get a bad joke from Thor. <sighs> so I said to her, "I am Thor." She said, You're Thor, I'm Thor so Thor, I can hardly pith. Ha ha ha. It was a joke. Nidog Corpse Sucker, but I feel terrible. Nidog is a dragon in uh, Norse myth that lived in Nestrand, which is the corpse shore in Hell's domain. So basically there's a corpse shore in Hell. Cool. And Nidog is a dragon or a lizard uh, that lived there and spent its day chewing corpses, hence Nidog Corpse Sucker. And gnawing at one of the roots of Yggdrasil, the world tree. Mm. And his name means hateful. He's cursing. Yeah. Cursing by bringing up uh, uh, the name of a a totally horrible monster.
1: Well, the kids are all bickering over who's going to become king of hell. Yeah. And Dream comes in and is like, "You know, I thought you were all more mature than this. But I see I was wrong. Yep. He
0: guilts him. And Azazel... Is totally cocky. He thinks he's going to get it because mm-hmm. he has, and I really, he does have the best offer, right? And almost the best claim. They're the demons who are supposed to go there. They're supposed to live there. That's what the creator wanted them to do. And he's even like spinning it as that give us our ancestral lands, basically.
1: Mm-hmm. But
0: he really wants it for himself. And he's so cocky that he's going to get it. And Dream's like, I can't give it to you. I. Cannot give it to any of you.
1: Yeah, Azazel's incredulous cleric and the fairy man is stoked, and Odin seems kind of bummed.
0: Odin just wants to know why not. Yeah. Odin, I mean, is upset, but he wants to know why.
1: Good thing that the angels appear on the next page to explain everything.
0: So they explain they've taken it back, and that hell will again be the abode of the damned and the demons. The damned will be returned to hell, and there they will be once again punished.
1: And so... Yeah, so that means that, that it's going to be business as usual. All the demons are going to come back and everyone's going to do their job.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But the war between heaven and hell is over now. Yeah. And so hell will be run by heaven.
0: Yeah, and these two angels. Mm. Susano Onomakoto points out that Dream does not have to accept this, which is kind of right. the The former owner gave him the key, so the key is his. Yeah. So this is kind of Dream getting out of it easy right? You would almost say it's kind of deus ex machina.
1: The ultimate. (laughs) Right, yeah. Because the deus did it. The deus machina all over the place. Yeah,
0: yeah. It said, oh, let me solve this problem that you can't solve for yourself. Mm -hmm. I I didn't make it. So its creator wants to take it back, it can take it back, which eh, I don't know how much of a rule that is. Right? Mm -hmm. He's very rule driven, but I, I believe the rules probably allow him to do that. And it's a nice, easy thing because it's like, it's easy for him because he can go, all of you who are mad at me, you can now be mad at the creator.
1: Yeah, just yell at the sky. Yeah. So on the next page, Dream basically goes, yeah, we're done here. And uh, Azazel's like, nah, I'm going to eat your girlfriend and you can't stop me because Mm -hmm. I'm your guest. And apparently you've never watched Game of Thrones.
0: Yeah, and I will devour her soul, slowly though, a bite at a time. And with every bite, I will be thinking of you.
1: Mm. Yeah, I just, I wouldn't, if I were him, probably because I've read Game of Thrones, I wouldn't mess around with this whole hospitality stuff. You know, like, I am under your hospitality (laughs) and you can't hurt me. I just, I've seen characters be burned by that.
0: He says right at the top, I know your rules. You offered us hospitality when we arrived. And Dream is a very rule-driven personality. Mm. And I think Azazel knows that, that that Dream will not break his own word. He's completely confident that Dream won't harm him because of the hospitality rules.
1: Mm. In response, Dream dramatically pops his collar.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Oh, Azazel, I offered hospitality to all my visitors. That includes both those I knew about and those I did not. Yes, you have my hospitality and are under my protection, but so is Karanzan, and so is Nada, and I will not see them hurt.
1: If you want them, come and get them.
0: <laughs> a very uncharacteristic, I think really from a, from a demon, especially one who doesn't seem to have any himself if you've got the balls. Mm. But I guess at the same time it's crass, which is very demon
1: Whoa, he's only showing us his mouth parts. If he has this <laughs> many mouths, Maybe he the, must have at least that many balls. He's a demon. Maybe those are his balls. His balls look like teeth. I just think that, okay, so he's like kind of this weird floaty space full of full of mouths.
0: Testicular dentata.
1: Yeah, it's it's <laughs> at the back of the mouth, like where the uh, uvula should be. It's just a pair of testicles.
0: Oh, I see. He opens it up and there's just, yeah.
1: Yeah. I think he makes a pretty dumb move here, and he renounces Dream's hospitality. Yeah,
0: this is really, really foolish. He's,
1: as, well, as we find out,
0: it's, you can kind of almost gloss over these next few pages, where it's Azazel taunting him, you know? Yes, failed, I will feast on their souls and on yours. And Dream's like, I understand. This is (laughs) Dream being, and Dream doesn't have to be cocky confident. This is Dream just being confident. This is where Dream is literally godlike. Like, and I mean that by, like, uh, supreme power. Nobody could counter Dream here in the Dreaming. Mm-hmm. So he's like, yep, I'll get them. Yeah, okay, if if you win, yes, yes, this will happen. Very well. There's one. No, Kronzan, I'm not going to kill you. And finds Nata. Come on, Na- I found them. I freed them both.
1: Yeah, he lets them both out. and uh, And he says, you know, I let them out, so I'm good to go now, aren't I? And Azazel says, I lied. Yeah.
0: Uh, And uh, talks about eating his soul. And then it zooms out and it turns out he is inside a glass jar held by a giant dream.
1: Yeah, he was so busy bragging that he didn't realize he'd been stuffed into a pickle jar.
0: Yeah, reality here conforms to my wishes. It is what I wish it to be. No more, no less. You have displeased me, Azazel, and in light of your actions, it was extremely unwise of you to reject my hospitality.
1: Yeah, you don't come into Dream's house and then (laughs) yell, come at me, bro. Right. You don't do it. I think the problem was, was without
0: rejecting the hospitality, Dream was just going to go take Caranzon and Nada. And he could not have stopped them. He would say, nope, they're under my hospitality. They are not to be harmed and would just pull them out and Azazel would not be able to hurt Dream at all. Mm, and so so instead he said no let's fight because that's the only chance he had i agree with you it was ridiculous because he doesn't understand i guess he doesn't know how powerful dream is in the dreaming Mm. and he thought well no he won't be in the dreaming he's going to enter me to do that Yeah. But he is in the dreaming.
1: This just kind of feels like another point in which I feel like this particular issue is a little flimsy. Mm. You know, it's the deus ex machina thing all over again, right? Like, we have it all set up that he's got to make this intense decision. Yeah. And then it just gets swept away. And then, I mean, we can keep reading, but it really feels like everything kind of packages itself up pretty nicely. Like, there are still some foreboding future things, but... Quite a few. I don't know. It just all seems too easy. Dream didn't really have to do anything. Getting the two of them back was too easy. He didn't have to make a decision. The angels just stepped in and took over. Eh. Yeah, it feels a little flimsy, this story.
0: Hmm. Hmm. I loved it. So I think that what it was was the first time you read through, you might be a little worried about Dream, Mm -hmm. right? Because he's inside here and Azazel is talking about feasting on your soul. And you wonder, what is going to solve this? How is he going to get himself out? Is this going to be a superhero comic fight? And it's not. It's instead a story about, listen... At the heart of the Dreaming, Morpheus is all-powerful. And that's kind of the reveal here. He doesn't even he doesn't even have to fight him. All he had to do was get Azazel to renounce his hospitality. Actually, he didn't even have to do that. Because if Azazel hadn't renounced his hospitality, he would have just pulled them out. So basically, the Azazel renouncing hospitality is what gave us any kind of dramatic tension at all. Instead, yeah. it just would have been Dream going, No, they're under my protection. I will not see them harmed. Oh, here they are. You can go now.
1: I guess... Because of how this whole story ends up, it just feels like the stakes well, were, not were never yet. high. There's yeah. an epilogue. We, we can keep reading. Yeah. But it just, yeah, it, this particular story, just by the time I got to the end of it, just made me feel like the stakes of the last several issues weren't that high after all, you know? It'd be like if Superman, if someone was holding Lois Lane hostage Mm -hmm. and there was all this time spent, you know, with buildup of like, oh, it's going to be bad. Oh, Lois is going to die. Oh, how could Superman actually defeat this one? This is going to be so bad. And if it ended with Superman just kind of walking into the room and then laser eyeing the person Mm -hmm. and, and not actually having to make a personal sacrifice at all. Right. Right. Like the whole point of having an all powerful kind of character is that they need to become small and helpless at a certain point for the to, for them to then gain back their badassness. Yeah.
0: He also needed to have the kind of rule that allowed him to use that power. Yeah. Right? He like if he hadn't announced his hospitality to everybody who was there, he wouldn't have been able to say, No, I'm just gonna come take Nada. So right? do you think when she he, wouldn't be under his hospitality?
1: Do you think when he announced his hospitality at the beginning he knew that that Nada was in there.
0: Mm, maybe he's pretty crafty, and we did have Loki say you can't fool him. Mm-hmm. So he may have known that she was there, and Azazel did show her to him. He's, yeah, but he said, he, "I have her, and I will give her to you." And she's but, in me.
1: But he offered the hospitality before that. When everyone first arrived at his mm-hmm. doorstep, he offered them the hospitality, right? Which I think is something that he always does. To visitors? I think
0: probably, yeah. To let them know, well, you offer hospitality to your to your honored guests so that they know that they won't be harmed by all of your horrible dreams. Because mm-hmm. the dreaming is a pretty dangerous
1: place. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. And Dream puts him in his tickle trunk, mm-hmm. which is a totally obscure Canadian reference. I'm sorry to anybody who doesn't get it. Look up Mr. Dress Up and Tickle Trunk. He puts him in his tickle trunk with all of his little goodies, including what looks like the Corinthian skull. What's left of the Corinthian yeah, yeah. Remember he when he got turned to nothingness? There's this little tiny skull left. That's, mm. So he put that there. There's also a few other things. There seems to be a pocket watch and a coin and a city in a bottle. Ooh. And maybe I'm not sure if those are clay jars or tankards. I like to think that on the right behind the the city in the glass, it's a tankard, and that maybe he's got a tankard from meeting Hob Gadling. He keeps that as one of his little. Treasures. Neat. Yeah, maybe, maybe not. So we've got some other stuff in here. Maybe we'll get some stories about those.
1: Maybe. Yeah. One looks like it's got a. It's a little box with a latch on the right hand side.
0: No, I think that's that's the op- that's the lid opening up.
1: Yeah, maybe, maybe that's what that is.
0: It could be another box, though.
1: Yeah, or like a diary with a latch or something. Oh yeah,
0: it could be that. Mm-hmm. All of the gods are looking on, stunned.
1: Yeah, they're all pretty <laughs> horrified at what just happened. <laughs> yeah. Bast has her, her hands all covering her mouth. Yep. Like, even even Thor doesn't look that intimidating.
0: No, Thor is like, ooh. <laughs> Yeah. I love that his head is in the middle of his chest because he's so hunched over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, his design is great. And then we get our goodbyes. The Lord of Order, first. Dream. Your decision was just and orderly. As such, though
1: I regret it, I cannot fault it. Kilderkin. Hmm. We is always more fun than the order people. Cardboard boxes. Nobody clever bees cardboard boxes.
0: So, I take it that I have incurred the wrath of chaos from now until the end of time. From the shivering brigade to the laughing dancers.
1: Really? Oh, that. I just made that stuff up. We didn't want it. We just didn't want anyone else to get it. Anyway, thank you for having me at your party, Mr. Dreamy. I had a lovely time. <laughs>
0: Carranza notes that there is already a line forming outside the gates of hell, and they're going to head there.
1: They didn't even make it to the front of the line. They're going to have to wait all day to get inside. Yeah.
0: The Mother of Spiders asks what Dream will do with Lord Azazel.
1: <laughs> He's just going to keep him for a little while, but eventually he'll release him.
0: Yeah. Very similar little jar to the one that Dream was actually stored in for a while. Mm. I mean, he didn't have a cork on the top, but it was yeah. a glass bowl like that. Yeah. So he, he knows how bad that is. But at the same time, Dream was captured just by some jerk randomly. This guy is being punished. Oh, yeah. I, I don't think uh, Dream's going to have any problems with uh, with keeping me in there for a while.
1: Next up, he talks to Anubis and Bast, and uh, I had to point out here that I'm pretty sure Anubis is wearing a cheese grater. <laughs> I think that's called scale mail. It's very fashionable cheese grater.
0: I want to point out that Bess is super nice. Nice meeting you. Like mm. he's just super pleasant. He's been very nice. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Staying in the Dreaming was like hanging out in a fancy hotel. Mm-hmm. He didn't have to do any of the diplomacy stuff. He just came for the food. Mm -hmm. Bast apologizes for not being able to tell Dream about his brother and Dream's like meh my brother wants his privacy so I'm Mm -hmm. gonna let him I'm gonna let him have that
0: I am prepared to respect that desire (laughs) (laughs) we'll see how long that lasts yeah he apologizes to Odin who takes it pretty well says he's still welcome my house is yours, and my mead and meat are at your disposal. I, I think it's a pretty wise move after seeing the ultimate power that just happened to go, yeah, no, we're friends. Yeah, you're, you're welcome. Cool. Yeah, okay.
1: Loki is back to not wearing pants. I'll oh, mention. yeah, he is. No pants. Okay. Thor, he apologizes. He's mm-hmm. He hopes he wasn't too boisterous. Uh, apparently, he is a bluff. Rough and ready. Take me as you find me, deity. And not one for airs and graces, which I can yeah. believe.
0: Yeah. And uh, they're not letting Loki talk. No. Because he has to head back to get tortured, I guess.
1: Yeah. I wonder what would happen if Loki was allowed to talk to Dream.
0: Well, he says, no, you don't
1: understand. This is wrong. Oh, God, don't send me back to get a snake dripping on my face. Well, now I wonder if he thinks that it's wrong that he's going back. Or if it's wrong about what's going to come in the future with who got hell.
0: Oh, maybe. You think Loki's that clever? Maybe. Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah. Could be that. He knows about treachery. He knows about how to change someone over from good to evil. How about
0: this? What if he's kind of hoping, maybe he wants to be able to go, hey, you said hospitality, right? They're going to take me and torture me.
1: (gasps) Oh, you know what? That's probably it. And Odin's
0: like, all right, let's go. Don't let him talk.
1: Yeah, don't let him talk or else he'll spill the beans about how we torture him.
0: Yeah, and so Thor punches him in the face and knocks him out.
1: Yeah, I think that's that's definitely, that seems like the most reasonable one to me. Mm-hmm. I've been wanting to do that for 1,200 years.
0: <laughs> Time to go back in your hole.
1: And uh, now Loki is back to wearing pants.
0: He's a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. It's it's all about glamours and pants and no pants. He keeps mooning people. That's what it is. He's using his magic to moon people by removing his pants and then putting them back on again.
1: Well, no, it's not just that his pants disappear. It's replaced by like a kilt, a white kilt. Um, because when he's wearing no pants, you can see he's got a, a white like skirt type thing that goes just above his knees and then when you see him on the ground and being held by thor over thor's shoulder Mm -hmm. his shirt is tucked into his pants you're totally right yeah it's two different looks
0: yeah if you look on page 10 and page five i think is the numbers anyway uh the the page where they're waiting for dream he's got his pants and his shirt's tucked in he's got a brown Mm -hmm. belt and then five pages later when they're all standing there, uh, the after Thor says Nidog, corpse sucker," you can see him standing there, no pants, and the shirt is untucked. So he keeps, he keeps making his pants and his belt disappear. Yeah, that's weird. Oh man, Bess is totally buffing that picture too. <laughs> anyway, yep.
1: <laughs> well, after the Asgardians leave, mm-hmm. Asgardians, Asgardians, you decide. <laughs> uh matthew comes to chat with him yep and he lets him know that uh the fairies and the japanese storm god have both asked if they can stick around for another day yeah they want to chat a little more yeah and dream's like yeah give them a uh give them a room and make sure the servants remember to feed them
0: yeah and matthew asks how does it feel to not have the key to hell anymore it yeah. feels
1: like a great weight has been taken from my shoulders matthew it is an evil thing, that key. It corrupts by simply existing. I am well rid of it.
0: Well, it's a good thing it went to those angels then. I mean, they won't be corrupted by it, will they? And there's no
1: answer to that question from Dream. It's <laughs> just left hanging. I'm going to my quarters, Matthew. I'm like, oh, shit. Hmm. So I wonder what's going to happen with hell. Yeah.
0: Dream tells Matthew to go to Nada, who is with the fashion thing. We haven't seen very much, but we know of her. The fashion thing is grooming and tending her. They're in the East Wing. And tell her that I request her company for dinner tonight. Tell her that we need to talk. And Matthew doesn't get the message exactly right. Right. I'll tell her you want to talk to her. Hmm. I don't want to talk to her, Matthew. I doubt that she wants to talk to me.
1: But still, we will talk. Feels like it's about to get real Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> Maybe.
0: Okay. So we are almost at the end of the season of Mists.
1: Yeah. One more episode. We have an
0: epilogue mm-hmm. because the main story is over. Yeah.
1: First of all, I think we're going to get a co- at least a couple pages of Nada and the fashion thing. And okay. like maybe this kind of feeling of, of of this like nurturing kind of hearing finally what Nada has to say before Talking to Dream. Mm, that would be good, yeah. Yeah, and maybe, yeah, so I don't know exactly how that will go down, but I think that we're going to get hopefully sort of this two women talking to each other kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Um, And then I think that she's going to meet Dream for dinner and she is not going to be grateful <laughs> at all. I think she's going to chew him a new one. Okay. I think, oh God, I hope. You know what? I hope she's going to do that. If she doesn't, I'm going to be In the heart upset. of the dreaming? Yeah. You
0: think she's going to renounce his hospitality? What does she
1: have to lose? Was she get sent
0: back to hell?
1: Yeah, right. Like, I don't want her to kiss his ass. That's yeah. the last thing I want. I'd rather she went back to hell than kiss his ass at this point. Yeah. Because he is a douche. And if he sends her back to hell, he's going to have to explain that <laughs> to death.
0: To lots of people, probably. Yeah, yeah, to death. Primarily I think, death. I, I think we can say he's not going to send her back to hell. Yeah, It'd be a horrible horrible turnaround from all of this and turn him into a villain honestly like when his sister tells him you did wrong and he's like oh shit i did wrong i'll go fix it and does all this and
1: at the end of it he gets mad again and goes bad sends her back yeah i wonder he might even offer to make her like a queen in the dreaming
0: he did already remember she rejected it
1: yeah i hope she rejects it again mm. i hope she rejects it and then she just is allowed to die properly. Hmm. Like, maybe death will come and take her away, like her soul, so she can actually yeah. pass on in the way that she was supposed to.
0: Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Well, we'll have to find out next episode. Mm-hmm. You've been Dreaming of the Sandman, issue 27, season of mists, chapter 6. For show notes, visit com support future episodes at patreon.com slash the dreaming like us on facebook rate and review us on your favorite podcast app and please share with your friends our theme music is O'Neri by kai angle hear more at kai the dreaming was recorded in burnaby british columbia canada on the unceded territory of the musqueam squamish kikate and slay nations i'm joe Folgem thanks for listening time to wake up